The following is a paid program and does not necessarily represent the views of iHeartMedia. Securities and advisory services offered through Investicorp, member FINRA, SIPC. Information provided during the J. Arnold Wealth Management Company show is intended for informational purposes only and should not be considered advice. Please consult with your own investment advisor or tax advisor before making any investment decisions. This is the J. Arnold Wealth Management Show. All right, glad to welcome John back to the broadcast news radio 570 WQN. John, let's, uh, there's a number of things I want to cover. I'm just going to get cracking right off the bat. Um, talk a little bit about the, the, the market and the downturn. Some people say the following, and, and I'd like you to address each one of the points. Some people say, well, the tariffs are uh, causing this problem because a tariff means you're going to pay more and uh, that's part of the problem some people say that it is uh, interest rates going up people can take money out of the market and as a result of that uh, that's why the market goes down there's another place to go and some people say it's a brisk economy and that's why interest rates have to go up and Talk about those three things and why the market's doing what it's doing and w- what your thoughts are. All right. <clears throat> Let's start with number one. Uh, this has nothing to do with the tariffs. As a matter of fact, none of us have yet to feel any of the pain yet, other than farmers, uh, a little bit uh, on on the tariffs. It just hasn't. And you and I are consumers, and I can tell you firsthand, I haven't had to pay any more money than usual for anything that I've went out and spend money for, uh, and I don't think you have either. And so that's a fallacy. Number two. Well, you know, uh, John, you, you know, John, I live a very lavish lifestyle. You do. <laughs> you Verb Mansion is lavish. <clears throat> um, I, uh, and and uh, on, a, on a serious note, it's a little bit of, int- first of all, to answer your question with a blanket, none of it, none of what you just said is causing this downturn. But let me address let me address these three things real quick. One, tariffs. That's an eh, no, absolutely not. Two, uh, interest rate maybe, but interest rates <clears throat> don't cause the market to fall like this because it's not an instantaneous reaction. What has to happen is that's months and quarters of eventually, uh, you know, more more cost on borrowing the corporations, which are passed down to the consumer. That's not an overnight thing. What happened is that the media got a hold of that, ran wild with it, and, and instigated a lot of fear into the market, and and that's that. And then I, and the last one, I can't remember what, you, what was the last reasoning you, you, you said what it, might, what it might be. Oh, a brisk economy, uh, fear of inflation. Well, there's a little bit of fear of inflation, but we, our economy is rocking and rolling. And, and any time you need to, uh, to test me on that is just look at GDP growth. Look at the earnings per share that are going to come out. Look at uh, unemployment at record lows. Look at the building that's going on. Uh, look at look at home sales. The, the real estate agents don't have the problem of selling homes. The real estate agents have the problem of selling inventory, and that's a good sign. That means that people are buying so many homes right now that the inventory is too light. There's only so many homes that go around. And, and all the good stuff is gone. And a lot, you know, if you're like me, you don't want to settle for, you know, a shack or something that you're not, you're going to pay three or five hundred thousand dollars or something. It's not something you're not going to buy something you're not a hundred percent in love with. So all those things are actually good, good, good items and, and, and good things in the economy. But <clears throat> so to answer your question directly, it's nothing more than a setup. 
what's going to happen is, is a, what we're doing right now is dumping so we could pump. So we're anticipating a, a pretty strong Christmas rally, Santa Claus rally, and a slingshot effect. So, and, and again, remember, listenership out there and, and Ron, this is 100% John Arnold's opinion. I could very well be wrong. But in the event that you're taking my opinion as, a, as that, take, so here's, the, here's what I believe. So we're, we're in a slingshot approach. So the market had a great September and August, which traditionally are the worst two back-to-back months of the year. Uh, and the stock market, and generally speaking, October is also a pretty horrible month. So you were supposed to have three down months in a row or mediocre months. And what happened was the exact opposite. You had September, great month, August, great, excuse me, August, great month, then September, great month, and now in the beginning of October, uh, a little iffy, and then obviously pretty hard downturn here on the NASDAQ and the Dow and the S&P this last past week. But it was to be expected, if this market would continue to, to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow without releasing a little bit of air out of the balloon, you create a huge bubble and then it would blow up like an 87 market crash. So what happens, what has to happen for the slingshot to come into effect is this thing has to pull back and then create what's called a bullish catapult. So it pulls back, pulls back, pulls back, just like a catapult. And then when it launches, it goes even further than when it was back in August and September, which were the highs. So that's what I believe. The data doesn't support anything catastrophic like people are, are, are thinking is going to happen. It's all media-related. I had the same exact conversation with folks and on this show in February, and I called it like a, like a, like a stud. You know, this is what's going to happen. This is what I believe. And, and sure enough, it did. And then I'm not saying, again, that I'm guaranteeing it's going to be right but it sure looks identical to what we had in February. So so, so, get it through my head. Why is the market going down then? So if Everything in the market is based on greed and fear. Every single thing is based on greed and fear. And, and when you can, so what happened is the media got a hold of interest rate increases. Trump kind of, I don't know, stepped on his own foot a little bit by blaming the Fed for going crazy. Which, in, which even added more gasoline to the fire and it kind of obviously cemented in their, their, their stance and, and something I wish he wouldn't have done. And just basically media, media flashing the risk plates, media flashing the fear gauges, oh, hell's going to break, all oh, hell's going to blaze, and then it becomes its, so its own self-fulfilling prophecy. And then it goes down and everybody, and then somebody across the street says, oh, man, it's going down. And the other guy says, oh, man, it's going down and it better sell off. And you have an overinflated sell-off for no reason, with nothing fundamentally behind it, and and that's what happened here. So, basically, uh, to, to sum it up for you, Ron, your question is a good one, is because you want a hard hard fact of what's causing it. The answer is there's no hard facts. There's 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 just just only fear driving that market down, which I think is temporary. And uh, like when it was down six hundred points, that you know, uh, looking back, what last week, and I'm just looking eighty nine today. Actually, down like eight eighty three by the end of the day on the Dow. And are your investors calling you, or are they concerned, or do yeah. they? And yeah, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, I, 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 obviously a lot of them don't because they figure you got it under control. So what are what is your strategy? Are you buying into the market more? I mean, what are you doing right now? Well, new investors' money, we are. I'm waiting a little bit. I think we have about a week, a week and a half 
to maybe even uh, ten, you know, ten trading days before this thing stabilizes. So we're waiting on new money. Majority of my money has been invested. Now I don't remember the last time we had a cash position of maybe one or two percent. Um, so honestly, we're not really injecting more money because we've already been fully invested. Let me tell you what I'm not doing. I'm not jumping ship. I'm fully 100% engaged in the market. I 100% believe that we have more to go. And I do believe the pullbacks are healthy. And I, I told a couple of clients, if you, you know, if you're looking for me to day trade this thing or get out because CNBC or, or Bloomberg, uh, you know, put in a bunch of BS data to, to, to run out the fear gauge and said, I'm not, I'm not your guy. You, you need to fire me because I'm never going to do that. And, and I said, well, really, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to work for a Jerry Jones. And they said, well, you know, I said, what does that mean? I said, because I'm coaching the football team. I'm, I'm running the – you might own the football team, but I'm running the plays. And the plays we're going to run, I believe we're going to win Super Bowl. So, uh, and so far I've won. So I, I told them if the score was – if there was a football score, John Arnold versus media hype, John Arnold would be up 10-0 to zero right now. Because every time the Stephen media hype – Goes goes into effect, and oh, Armageddon's here, and the the world's falling apart, and chicken little stuff. And I go and say, people, calm down. Uh, this is a temporary slide back in the market. Easy, easy, easy. And sure enough, a month and a half later, it's as if we never even had the conversation. I'm right. So again, if you're looking objectively, John Arnold versus media hype market uh, downturn. It's John Arnold, full blown ass kicking media hype, getting it. So. That's that, and, um, and 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 I had that frustrated, uh, firm firm conversation with our clients because I care. I'm yeah, passionate. But, I'm passionate but, right, but but you don't see anything that alarms you as far as uh, corporate earnings. I mean, you don't see any. It's the opposite. Right. I, I I mean, I so so you. I, I want to make sure it's driven by media fear, as you say. It has nothing to do with interest rates creeping up, nothing to do with tariffs, nothing to do with consumer demand or, or any of this kind of stuff, correct? None, zero, zilch. And, and, I, and I use, I mean, listen, all kidding aside, you, you and your wife go out, you go to the, uh, the fireplace restaurant, you go to, you go to various things, you, you're, you're, you're a business owner. Has anything in your life been affected so far by the tariffs at all? No. Even 1%? No. None, no. right? No, correct. My clients, same deal. John Arnold, same deal. Now, listen, I live in two economies. I, I live in Jupiter, Florida, half the year, and I live in uh, Campbell, Ohio, uh, half the year. So it's not like I'm blinded because we live in a recessionary area. I'm here to tell you nothing has changed in my life at either location. Nothing, zero, zilch. My clients, same thing. Now, I'm not saying in the future that won't happen, but the market doesn't work on that. So at the end of the day, Fundamentally speaking, when you talk about earnings per share or profit margins or balance sheets or income uh, statements or cash flows, anything fundamentally, if you want to look at the true fundamentals, it, it really says we're in a bull market for the rest of our lives. I mean, that's how good the fundamentals are. Now, listen, that's, that's never going to happen because bull markets come to a screeching halt, but right now, the data says fundamentally they're great. Uh, as far as other economic data, uh, away from stocks, GDP, unemployment, home building, uh, orders, non 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 farm pay- payrolls. It, it, I could go on and on and on and on. There's no, there's literally not a fundamental reason. 
Can you imagine Mark, the yeah. inflation you're going to see, though, in, in, in you're, that's already there in building materials just based on, just, uh, I mean, just based on demand from the, what we saw, what, in California with the fires, now this most recent event in Florida, don't forget all the destruction in Texas. I mean, from all this extreme weather, when you see how much wood, drywall, insulation, all of that stuff... I mean, when you look at that type of destruction and cleaning it up and having to replace all that kind of stuff, can you? There's got to be inflation in building materials simply based on supply and demand. Comment? Yes, I, I believe. By the way, great comment, great point. But also at that point, when I when I when I hear what you're talking about, one, my heart goes. First of all, I want to let you know. Side note here, a little ADD moment. Listen, what the what the West Coast got in Florida is unbelievable. If you remember back in the Chestnut Ridge days, or you know when Tornado eighty five hit, mm-hmm. it looks just like that. It is, it is absolutely absolute destruction down there. Mm-hmm. All right, back to the back to the main road. So, um, when I hear you talk about that, you're one hundred percent right. So, demand, plywood, nails, etc. Those are obviously because when demand's off, it's going to go up uh, in favor of demand and then short of supply. But I also, when I hear that, I also hear jobs. I also hear jobs. I also hear higher pay for folks, and 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 because somebody has to make that plywood, somebody has to to make those nails, somebody has to pound those nails, somebody has to install that drywall and, the, and those roofing shingles, and I can go on and on and on. That to me is jobs because we're creating product and service. So obviously, I'm not in I'm not in favor of destruction catastrophic anything that's going to hurt our nation. No, but, but, but are you invested in the Home Depots and the Lowe's I, and all that? I have, but I've been for the past three years. If you if you remember on my show, I invested in XLB, XLI, and AARR, AIRR. Mm-hmm. And I know those off the top of my head because those are one of my main players. Now, the truth is I didn't invest, invest in them because of any catastrophic damage weather-wise. I invested in them because I believe that the Trump administration uh, you know, uh, fundamentally, is trying to, you know, repair the country's infrastructure, and a lot of, and, and in addition to that, home building and, and business building is going up. It was a no-brainer, and, and with interest rates as they are, you would have to be a fool not to be in those, have your clients in those sectors, or to not have those in their sectors. Now, income of the hurricanes, which actually it, it inflates those and makes me look like, you know, a, a real stud, a real genius. It was just by pure luck. Bad luck for the folks getting the bad weather, but good luck for our clients that are invested in those particular equities. And so they're going to get the increase in that. So, uh, boy, I cannot answer your, your, your question any more direct other than yes. And if anybody needs to test that, just listen to the former shows on the podcast on 570 and uh, the, the iHeart Media app, and uh, you'll get those. So I'm 100% with you as far as that's where sectors that, that you probably want to be in if you want to get some risk uh, risk reward to your portfolio. So with some of your investors, you're kind of waiting another week or something before you start buying some of this stuff, thinking it'll go down further. Is that an accurate statement? Yeah, that would be, a, I would even say even 10 trading days, which is the equivalent of two weeks. So again, I'm like, I'm looking to see it with some, something called a foundation being built. I'm looking to see if the stock market start to do wiggle instead of that. See, right now what's going on is we're doing lower hose, lower lows and lower highs, and that's a dangerous, that's a dangerous market. That's where you don't want to be in. That's a, there's, a, there's a term in our, our industry called falling knife. So that's like trying to catch a falling knife is trying to buy a stock 
when 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 the market's going lower and, and lower lows and lower highs. So what I'm looking for is the shift. I'm looking for it the baseline and to start making higher highs and higher lows and, and to see the fundamentals pair up with that, which will be coming out real shortly with the quarterly earnings for the third quarter. When you get those two pairing up, we should have a stable stable uh, foundation in the market and we should be able to plug in uh, with new money. And then obviously we might even double down on some, some positions. Stand by uh, for 20 seconds. 20 seconds, I'll be right back with John Arnold. In this nationwide contest, that's luck to 200 200. Hey, it's 622 Ron Ferb with John Arnold, the financial show on News Radio 570 WKBN until 7 o'clock tonight. Um, one other thing that I want to ask you about when do you think the economy doing well right now? I mean, 4.2% GDP, do you acknowledge is that the, a Trump bump? Is that can you say because of cuts in regulation, because of uh, lowering corporate interest rates, can you say what Trump did in those arenas helped the economy go from mediocre to soar? I can, but I'd, if it's okay with you, I want to finish my point before we had to go to 20-second break. I just want to talk about plugging in um, before the slingshot happens. So we were talking about higher highs and higher lows, and then creating a foundation. And then what I'm looking to do is plug into that and get ready for a Santa Claus rally to where we can really make our year look top-notch and maybe even dollar-cost average up with some stuff that I love, like ISRG and IHI and and some other stuff that I love, uh, double down on that to really make our our, our year look beautiful for our clients. Now, back to your question, I 100%, 100% take that to the bank, believe, no pun intended, believe what you're saying is true example so you you hit it right on the head so i think the former administration was more into equalizing us socializing us giving us just enough taking away from the people working to get get, take away from other people not willing to work the same amount of hours or 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 take the same amount of risk even more importantly and basically make everybody even steven across the board and that creates a mediocre economy um and then some of the big players still make money but it lifts off the a lot lifts off a lot of the lower players to equalize, uh, obviously, with the upper middle class. So, which is something I'm 100 percent against. So, income Trump, to your point, says, you know what? We're going to get back to risk equals reward. We're going to get back to hard work equals success. Uh, quit punishing failure. Um, you know, not double down on corporate taxes. Uh, literally, put our money where our mouth is and say the small business guy and woman. We're going to give you a fair shake and we'll let you get off your feet and, and, and keep some of your hard-earned money, et cetera, uh, and not kill you with regulations. That can go on and on and on. Now, in comes that effect to where now we have that 4.2% that, that the former president said can never be achieved that is now being achieved by President Trump. So you can love or hate the guy. At the end of the day, the numbers don't lie. Trump's achieving these. And he's been in office now two years, so... You know, it's not like you could say, well, he's writing the coattails of, of President Obama. The, the facts are the facts. If you need any um, evidence of that, just look at your sectors. Look at your 401K. Look at your IRAs. Look at uh, your earnings per share in companies, et cetera, et cetera. It, it's hard to find a weakness in Trump's economy. It really is. 
So, so basically, by cutting regulations, making it easier for business to function, and by lowering corporate tax rates to make it more competitive to bring money back into the country, and by, some would say, his very election, it brought a more favorable economic climate to the United States, which has led to the 4.2 GDP and led to consumer confidence and led to sales like this. Would you agree with that statement? I agree, and let me put a little gasoline on the fire. I think you're going to see five percent on or five percent GDP, and maybe even a little bit higher. That's how strong I think this guy is. When it comes to business, Trump gets it. Trump is is is, is going to create that GDP, maybe record high, and you might even see record unemployment forever in the history of the of the country. If there's not a black swan event, if there's not a catastrophic something that is that we can't see coming, Donald Trump might go down in history as the best economic president of all time. Right, catastrophic event being a terrorist attack or something along terrorist those lines. Terrorist attack, poison in the water, something. Yeah, it's just something you can't see coming and plan for. And, and, and other than that, um, our biggest threat's going to be inflation. And, and, and they're doing a good job, and this is something I disagree with on President Trump, with is <clears throat> they're doing a good job with the Fed. Reserve that the interest rates were kept at status quo for so long that they've created this need to raise interest rates a quarter repeatedly because they have to play catch up now, and 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 he's against that. And the, and the thing I don't know if he's understanding like how dangerous free money can be because what happens if you you get inflation too high, all of a sudden you're you're paying nine dollars a gallon for milk. So I think what if they can get to a point to where it stabilizes to where they bring it up. Where it's stable, balanced, and fair, to where they can say no more interest rate cuts, and, and his his policies continue to flourish. Mm-hmm. It might be the greatest eight years of America's history, including the Reagan years, and that's saying a lot. All right, we're talking with John Arnold. So he's he's if you joined us at this point, he's going to wait about ten business days, uh, thinking the market will go down further. And at that point, make some buying, thinking uh, buying in at that particular point. Uh, You're not nervous about anything. Anything out there got you nervous? Nothing. Nothing. The only uh, the only thing I'm nervous about is people making hasty decisions. You you can you can't you can control numbers. You you can't control emotions. Emotions will get people in serious trouble investing. It's gonna you know Jim Trussell used to say. In November, it's, it's the month of contenders and pretenders. Well, that's what we have here. You got the pretenders and the contenders. Mm-hmm. The contenders are the people, you know, riding out the stupid emotional roller coaster in the market. They're going to make a bunch of money when, when the earnings come out and, and in December. And the pretenders are the people who are just happy when the market goes up every day and they wash out and get, get shorted on someone's back and, and, and they get their teeth kicked in in the market. Those are the pretenders. So, what you want to be is a contender. Stand by. We'll come back with more in a minute. The following is a paid program and does not necessarily represent the views of iHeartMedia. Securities and advisory services offered through Investicorp, member FINRA, SIPC. Information provided during the J. Arnold Wealth Management Company show is intended for informational purposes only and should not be considered advice. Please consult with your own investment advisor or tax advisor before making any investment decisions. 
This is the Jay Arnold Wealth Management Show. From News Radio 570 WKBN and Ron Verb with John Arnold, 632. As we move along here, we'll take some calls for John, 729-9977, 729-9977 in just a minute. Do you think there will be an effect on the midterm elections, which aren't that far away, if the Democrats win the House? Are you asking me that? Yeah, I do. I do. And I, it goes against, it contradicts a lot of things what I said in the past, on years in the past on the show, to where the presidency and Congress and the Senate really don't have a direct effect on the stock market. And, and the reason why I'm kind of putting my foot in my mouth purposely on that is because President Trump, I think even, I think you would even ask him, he would not in a million years think he would have had this kind of effect on the stock market like he has with his economic policies as fast as he has. So if you're thinking this through logically, again, here's a guy who put in various things to help uh, the economy and businesses hire and produce more people, produce more service and goods. And then, you know, if, if the, the wrong side gets elected, you know damn well their whole entire stance will to be impeach Judge Kavanaugh, impeach President Trump, and take away all those policies that in, in those uh, and, and, and increase regulations and make things basically harder for business and equalize us again. And that's going to take the steam out of the market. And, and, and on it, to be honest with you, I think a lot of people are scared of that. Now, here's what I think. Uh, I think that's not going to happen. I think they're going to weigh in some more seats than they did before, but I think we're, I think the, the R's are going to still have the house on both sides. And obviously I think president Trump's going to be safe and carry on to another term, but Hey, you never know. We all, you know, the crazies out there and all the news media, Hillary's going to win in a landslide, and then she got decimated and obviously humiliated herself, and then and they they proved to be wrong. So I don't really, I'm not counting my chickens when it comes to the to the to this midterms. But it, but, but things, but things it, are really looking up in the air right now. All right, but if the Democrats do take over, it can halt some of this progress, if you will, because we get bogged down. Accurate. No, it, 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 I'm more than likely it will. All right. Go ahead. Uh, I want to read this to you and get your reaction. Natural gas prices jumped on a new 11 to 15 day forecast that shows below average temperatures across the U.S. The cold weather comes at a time when natural gas shortage uh, storage levels are at a decade low. Natural gas demand has been strong this month as consumers are running air conditioning and now have turned on heaters with no in-between weather. Not a good scenario for the winter months. Not Well, not a good scenario for the North, that's for sure. Um, i, I got to tell you, that, that that does scare me. It really does because you're going to see, obviously, MCF go way up, and a lot of people getting hurt by that. And If you're an investor, that's good because the commodity industry is going to be, you know, they're going to be pumping, they're going to be making some margins, so... Um, but overall, economically, they could they could put a little dent into the equation. But I, I, again, I think that's all built into the market, and I think you're going to be just fine because you got to remember. I'm going to say what half of the United States it, it really doesn't turn on their heat in the winter. You know what I mean? So if you're below that Mason-Dixon line, and or if you're uh, towards the Wyoming area down to California, it might get a little cold, but it isn't going to be like where we're at, where it's minus 20 with the wind chill. So uh, it it balances itself out. I think you're. I think more than anything, you're you're onto something there with the catastrophic uh, weather events that's happened. It's going to be. It's going. It, there's no way to predict what, how that's going to turn out. 
I think that will turn out to be a plus for the economy and bad, obviously for the people who are receiving the bad. But um, it's hard to tell. I and I also think you're really onto something with these midterms. That a lot of people, including yours truly talking, are very scared of the midterms. If those turn those don't turn out the way they sh- the way we want them to, as far as pro business, there's going to be some hurt going on. I promise that. All right, let's take some calls for John Arnold's News Radio 570 WKBN. Dan from Boardman, you're on with John Arnold. Hi, I had a question. Um, I was wondering with the oil prices going up and the political uncertainty going on with Saudi Arabia, where do you see like the electric car industry, like with Tesla, Tesla and what type of impact are they going to have with the other car companies? And I'll, I'll get off and listen well, to your response. All right. Thank you for your call. Go, go ahead, John. Well, I see there because Tesla's not the only car maker, on, on, obviously, on the electric car. But let's answer the first one. Tesla, I went in touch with Ron Burr's money, and that's a lot of money. It just, <laughs> it's just too, too volatile. You don't know how it's going to react. You don't, know how, you don't know how the CEO is going to, if you're going to be smoking dope on, on, on Twitter again, et cetera. It, it's just it's too volatile of a stock. So regardless of whatever happens with the Saudis and the penalties we put on them and sanctions, or if we don't, Tesla is definitely something I don't, I don't think about. Overall to the, overall to the industry as a, as a whole, if you think this through, that actually might help Lordstown. So it might get people buying more cars versus trucks and small SUVs, and, and it end up like actually be a good thing or people want to buy sedans instead. So um, I hope I kind of generally answer that question. All right, let's go next to David in Poland. You're on with John Arnold, News Radio 570 WKVN. Hello, Dave. Hi. Um, what is your opinion on Canadian cannabis stocks such as Aurora and Canopy? Uh, this this puts me in a pinch. Even if I even if I were allowed to give you an opinion on an individual stock on the radio. I would not on those particular stocks because I don't know enough about the marijuana industry and I don't know enough about what Canada's doing with them. So I I know, let me put it this way, I know a lot of people that have made a lot of money on their own with Canadian marijuana stocks. And I know a lot of people that have lost a lot of money on Canadian marijuana stocks. I don't personally invest in things I don't know or don't understand or have 100%, uh, 100% objective data on. The best way to... The best way to summarize this is right now you have a bunch of NASCAR. You're watching a NASCAR race, and all the NASCAR look exactly the same. It comes down to some luck, and it comes down to the driver. Uh, you know, they all look the same, just about the same horsepower. Everybody's pit crew is top notch, but they're, you're starting with what I uh, say, 100 cars that all look the same, and trying to guess the winner of those is, is almost impossible because anything can happen. So that's how I view the marijuana industry, especially Canadian marijuana industry. I don't have an opinion on it, one, because I'm not legally allowed to give one regulatory-wise, but two, even if I could, I can't help you on this, and I I sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, I'm sorry I cannot do that. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your call. News Radio 570 WKBN. We're talking with John Arnold. You got a question? 729-9977. 9977. That's 729 Obviously, the area code's 330. Uh, Sears going bankrupt. Is that going to be good for pennies and Walmart and the other places, John? I have a different theory on that. It might 
be temporarily better for pennies and especially the Walmarts of the world, who I think, who I think it's going to be really great for is Amazon. Because Amazon is probably the one who put the, the actual last nail in the coffin of Sears, other than their poor planning for pension and their poor planning for, for how they run their business model. I think, you know, obviously the, the, they were already on a banana, banana peel and let a foot in the grave. And, you know, obviously Amazon, I think, just did them in with what they do. So, I, I, honestly, I, I just think that they were the first ones to fall. I think you're going to see JCPenney fall in line. Uh, someday down the road and not soon. So please, again, this is a guess. Maybe Best Buy, Kohl's, those kind of stores. They're, no one's really going to be able to compete with Amazon, other than maybe the WalMarts of the world, because they have such a such a stretch and they they can, can they have such a good foundation as far as uh, product and they're creating their own online system to compete. Um, but I, I don't I, I I don't see that really affecting. The great, you know, the greater good for for any of the retail stores, especially J.C. Penney. Hmm. All right. I was reading where Jim Cramer says, you know, when money's flowing back into the big name stocks like Clorox, Procter and Gamble, Kimberly Clark, he said that he thinks that's a bad sign for the market because people are buying the the, the big name companies and that that uh, that they're concerned about a downturn. Any comment on wild wacky Cramer? Um, Kramer's more, he, he, I, we've, I've tracked Kramer. I like his, I like his personality. He, he used to be a hedge fund manager. I mean, the cover of the magazine is he's some goofball, wild talking gunslinging stock jock, but he's not, he's a really intelligent guy. But as of late, the past five years, he's been very wrong on his picks. Uh, if you track him closely, however, he is onto something. I, uh, so you're talking about large cap dividend paying quality stocks of which I'm a fan of. If someone wants to build a financial plan with us, regardless of where the market is, up or down, or, or, or heading up, or you think it's going to be you know, be very aggressive, I tell them we're going to build the son of a gun just like we built a house and a strong foundation, and it's going to have 8 to 10 quality dividend-paying stocks in it, hopefully catching a 3 to 4% dividend, but high quality. And I tell them it's not going to be sexy. It's not something you're going to brag to your neighbor about or at the country club. But it is something you're in love when the, when, the, when the stuff hits the fan. So I don't necessarily think that means that, you know, we got to get defensive and the, the market's going to hell in a handbasket because uh, people are buying, you know, Kimberly Clark and Heinz and basically consumer staple stuff. Um, and there's an ETF that contains all of those, by the way, called XLY. So if you're, if you're interested in that kind of investing, you should research XL, XLY which is a little side road we're on right now. But back onto the main road, uh, I, I, do think that, um, I do think that maybe maybe it's a sign of maybe there's a short-term halt coming. But I just, I just, honestly, I just don't, I don't see this, this, this confident United States economy freight train uh, being halted up anytime soon until you get a catastrophic event. There's no fundamental data to prove it otherwise other than, it's got to pull back a little bit. Right, or a, or a catastrophic event could very well be if the Democrats take control of Congress. You're saying that could that could cause... Because then I we just get bogged a, down. That's a horrible, that's a harsh, horrible thing to say. I don't like to be that political on the show, but I do. I mean, the, the, the results show, it's, bias or unbiasedly, the results show that since Don, literally since the day he got elected, the market's gone straight up like a bottle rocket. 
And prior to that, it, it got long in the tooth and it got stagnant. So I, I really do think that I, I want a catastrophic is probably a stretch, an exaggerated term. I really do think it would be very negative for the market if the, if the midterms carry for the blues. I really do. Because you're going to see, you think you have chaos now. Well, wait till you have the house owned by one and then the president owned by other, other and they're fighting each other with, you know, obviously with swords every day. It's, it's going to be total nonsense. Uh, and, and the American consumer is going to pay for it. All right, we're talking with John Arnold here tonight. Uh, any comments about this Microsoft co-founder, Paul Allen? He dies at age 65. That can't be good for the company, right? No, it can't. It's a sad day because if I remember it, Paul Allen helped start the company. Um, and, and, and I didn't do much. Obviously, we have had so much going on with the market that it's not something I have my eye on the ball. But, yeah, I mean, that's, that's horrible. But you know what it is, a teaching moment. Here's the guy that has all the money in the world, all right? Any, he can buy literally anything of what he wants. Dies at 65, which is 12 years younger than the average male in our country dies, okay? So when folks come into my office and say, well, I don't know if I, maybe I want to work a couple more years so I can reach Social Security age or I can wait till 65 to reach Medicare age, but they have enough money, they don't need to do that. Maybe we buy, the, buy a, do an HSA in a catastrophic health insurance plan just to bridge until 65, and maybe they live on a budget. The main thing I'm trying to get across here, the point is, is, is I'm one of those rare financial guys who's not only numerical-driven but also heart-driven to where I watch people literally die monthly on us with tons of money left over, and it goes to people that, in my opinion, a lot of them don't deserve it. Um, and, and so if you're a listener out there, whether you're kind of mine or not, that should be a big ringing alarm bell. No matter how great you eat, no matter who you are, how much you exercise, sometimes your card is pulled. Some guy, sometimes God pulls your card and you're dead. And you die with 850000 to a million dollars in your 401k uh, that can maybe provide you, say, four or five grand a month in interest, and then combine that with your Social Security and some other stuff you might have in your wife's. If you can't live on ten grand a month, with very little debt in Youngstown, Ohio, you, we need to send you to a psychiatrist because uh, there's something wrong there. So I go through these these challenging debates with our clients all the time. That so I don't know what they're holding on to. It's the the fear of fear itself. But man, I want I want them to enjoy their money, um, live it up, and then the family's left for the kids. So be it. But main thing is I want them to enjoy it and. Uh, and, and, you know, Paul Allen dying is, is a perfect walking example of, I think my theory holds true. I wonder how much, when I read something like that, John, in all seriousness, I wonder how much of that is just stress. You know, stress, I mean, because it can definitely shorten your life. When you're in a position like that, I don't know what his family history is or what his heredity is mm-hmm. or anything like that. But a lot of times when you're in those type of positions for that long, I mean, there's a lot of stress that can trigger cancer and just stress in general that can... Uh, do you? And it's just a thought that occurs to me. You know, you take a look at the guy that, um, oh, uh, I forget his name, with Apple that uh, they made all the movies about. That Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs, you know, and, and the cancer that he had. Sometimes when these things just, just take you over, occupy you, and create so much stress, it can it seems like it can trigger this kind of stuff. Uh, I, I mean... Well, I, I'm, I'm listen, I'm not in the same galaxy of successes 
anybody in Microsoft, but I, you know, I've been somewhat successful as a younger guy in the Valley with an own investment firm. And I can tell you, it's, it's a com- combination of stress, but also you, you become addicted to being a workaholic. You forget about you because you, you're working so hard to perfect your trade or your perfect your firm or whatever, in this case, Microsoft. So you're sitting a lot. You're sitting working at a desk. And sitting is only smoking. You know, it weakens your joints, it weakens your ligaments, it weakens your, your tendons. Uh, it's bad for your heart, et cetera. And you, be, get, you get what's called office body. And then you combine that with car body. And then you get home. And then the last thing you want to do, because your mind is shot from all the stress, is do any kind of workout. It's a dumb, it's a, it's a triple whammy. And that very well could have happened. And then if you combine that with if you're like a alpha guy like me and you're, and you're, you're stockier and barrel chested, that's just, it's a perfect recipe for disaster health-wise. So um, I, I agree with you. It's one of those things to where now we don't know. It could have just, you know, there's people out there that are triathletes that their heart's blown up at 42 and you just don't know. But I will say it, 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 there's a lot to that, uh, you know, that meets the eye. There's more than meets the eye there, and I, I'm glad you brought it up. All right, uh, we're talking with John Arnold, uh, at, and he's here till 7 tonight. 330-729-9977, 330-729-9977. We'll get you in touch if you have any questions for John. Feel free to call in and uh, pick John's brain. Like I said, he'll be here another 10 minutes. 729-9977, a strong economy has been touted by Trump administration officials, such as Larry Kudlow, who called it the hottest economy in the world. I think I would agree with that, wouldn't you? I agree. Listen, and here's the here's the cool thing. I mean, that, I don't know about that's a, it's a it's a strong statement, but it's a statement that I would definitely agree with. You know, I and I and I want to follow up that question. If you could talk about that, and if you could also talk about, you know, Trump did a major thing. I mean, as far as renegotiating NAFTA with Canada and Mexico to make it uh, a, a better deal for the United States. He's now focusing on China, and his argument is China needs us more than we need them. They need our marketplace. They're going to come around, too. I'd like you to comment on that as well. I've been saying that now for the past two years, and I agree with that statement. I've never agreed more. Even economists who cannot stand President Trump say he's right. Um, they need us. You know, you're not buying $100 Nike shoes uh, if, you, if, you're, if you're working for $3 an hour and you're living in a in a hut somewhere and your, your second job is, is in rice fields. You're just not, but you are, you are buying those. You are buying widgets from China. You are buying their trinkets. If you're working for 33 bucks an hour, benefits of GM, or if you're working, you're working on the shop, you know, whatever for, for XYZ corporation, they absolutely need the Western civilization for them to succeed. They absolutely need the United States to succeed in their economy Hence the reason why they haven't called our debt. They know they need us, and yes, absolutely, we truly do not need them. Uh, they, for for our, our employers out there that are they're sending jobs over to them to you know for less regulation and three to five bucks an hour on you know wages. You know that maybe they need them, but I'm going to tell you that I, America overall has had enough of that. There's there's a definitely being an internal war being waged in America here to where people are pro-America again. People are, I, I know me, I'm willing to pay a couple bucks more for a product or service if I know my fellow guy or my fellow woman are, are, are making that and that's employing them. 
and a lot of people feel that way. So uh, that underlines exactly, all the way down to Youngstown, Ohio, exactly how and why I believe that statement to be true. And, and i got to tell you, i got to bounce it back to you. Do you believe that? Do I believe that this is the best economy? Or, or no, no, I chi- you China. That. Oh, no, you I, I, that I, yeah. China, I, you know, China I, needs I, us. We don't need them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, I think the guy is brilliant. I think Trump starts with an extreme position uh, of tariffs, and he throws it all against these people who've been screwing us for years. And then he gets to where he wants to go, where it's fair to the United States and it's a better deal for the United States, and then he takes this stuff away. And that's how he brings him to the table. And I think he's doing the same thing with China. In essence, I get frustrated with the media because I think the media wants him to say, oh, I'm only kidding, or we're going to wait and see. He's not going to reveal his strategy. He's not going to tell anybody, listen, I'm going to come at these guys with tariffs. I'm going to come after them with everything. And they're going to come to us because they need our marketplace, and I'm going to get a better deal for the United States when it comes to screwing us on our patents and this kind of stuff. Just like when I watched Leslie Stahl try to say last night, can't you say something nasty about this world leader, that world leader? And he didn't fall into that trap because he's, he's trying to get things from these people uh, to reach, reach agreements as opposed to saying on network television, this guy's an ass. Well, this, he's a deal maker. And right. remember this, Ron. <laughs> when I used to work for Jim Whetstone in Acura, in every, he said in every negotiation someone's getting sold. Period. You're either getting sold that they don't want the item you're selling, or you're, or they're getting sold that you are getting that they want the item you're selling. Period. And, and, and at the end of the day, he's a super negotiator. His job is to play the best deck of cards that he can, even including with Ronald Reagan when he made the Russians believe that we were building some Star Wars outer space war machine when it was all a fallacy. He played them. He's negotiating. He played them like a fiddle made them spend money they didn't have, run them right into bankruptcy. And Trump is playing these folks like the back of, like a fiddle. And, and, and I love the beauty of it. And, uh, and, and that's what he's doing. I mean, and, I, I was refreshed to hear your comments because I truly sit back and I, I am genuinely concerned, and I be, I'm bewildered why anyone would say, let's put the Democrats in charge and try to impeach Kavanaugh, impeach Trump, stall everything. When everything seems to be going in the right in the right direction, when everything economically speaking, and in every way, unemployment is down, econ, uh, the GDP growth is up, uh, we're renegotiating these deals. I don't see a bad sign out there at all. I mean, not a bad sign for America, the economy, and who knows what's next. Why would I want to get bogged down in this stuff? That bothers me a lot as to how we could de- derail a train. Let me tell you something no one's talking about, and, and it's probably the most important thing out there. No one talks about Al-Qaeda anymore. No one talks about ISIS anymore. No one, no one is, is, is scared that the next time they fly on an airplane, it might get blown out of the sky because you know, they, have, they have a guy that's strong and powerful, and, and it scares the bejesus out of these folks. Those Middle East crazies are scared of Trump. They're scared because... He, they know, or they think that he will push the button and blow them the smithereens or blow Moscow. And I think that's how you lead. I think you lead with power. I think you lead with fear against people they're gonna they're, they're trying to kill everything you stand for. And no one's giving him credit for that either. And I, and and that's fundamentally right connected to the economy. 
You know, the, the, the market was going down in 2001 before 9-11. But when 9-11 hit, that was, the, that was the actual, that was the nail in the coffin for the economy. That was the nail in the coffin for the stock market. It wasn't 9-11 that caused the market crash, granted. It was just 9-11 who finished it off. And if you get a terrorist attack, that will definitely induce fear in the market and it will, it will cause panic and panic selling. And this guy, the way he's doing things by creating, you know, making them afraid of us for a change and, and putting their, our line in the sand and saying, you're not going to, you're not going to hurt one more American life or we're going to destroy you. I love that. And I'm for that. Right. I think that's what we're about. I don't know what they expect. Even like today, they announced this, what the Saudi Arabia or whatever announced that they did, they might have, not might have, that they killed this guy who went to their compound or whatever in an interrogation that went bad. So look how little time it took to get them to admit that they did this. And now they're making an excuse in an interrogation that went bad. And Trump is saying, listen, we're still going to sell them their weapons because if they don't buy them from us, they'll buy them from Russia, and we don't want to lose those jobs. But there's going to be consequences. But they ponied up to the table pretty quick here on this event. Absolutely. I absolutely did. And there again, the guy leaves with power, and he, 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 he walks to the big stick, and he's going to swing it and kick some ass if needed, and they know that. And that's what we need. All right, so uh, uh, before I run, out, ahead, before I run out of time, I just want to say, well, uh, you're not nervous right now as far as the market is concerned, and you will be buying into it. That's a yes or no, and then give your information how we get a hold of you. Absolutely very confident and bullish about the market. Uh, my information, if you want some more insight, 330-965-9890. You can find us uh, right off of Tippy Canoe right there in Star Center, second to the last building on the left, opposite way of Bruner Brothers Pizza, uh, or you can email me. Or check out our website at jarnawealth.com, jarnawealth.com. The phone number, one more time, is 330-965-9890. And we always offer free consultations. Hey, John, I appreciate uh, your time right. and coming on and talking about all the stuff with us tonight. Uh, every Monday night, 6 o'clock, John Arnold's here with the Financial Show with some uh, expertise on that. Thank you, John. Thank you, Ron. All Great right. Show. News Radio 570 WKB and Ron Furb. Stay tuned. Sean Hannity's coming up.